live from Washington, D.C. This is Backroom Politics with moderator Justin Russell. And hello out there in Radio Land. It is time for the best political talk show you've never heard of. It is Backroom Politics live from Studio A. Well, live for us at Podcast Village in Upper Georgetown in Washington, D.C., your nation's capital. Joining me here in studio as they do every show to my left, he is the former Undersecretary for Assistant Secretary for Commerce for International Development. Did I get that? I completely screwed that <laughs> you up, did. didn't I? Double it. Double it. Undersecretary. Undersecretary for- of Commerce for International Trade. He's the one we know as Alan Moore. Hello, Alan. Hello, Justin. And uh, across the table from me, he is the former Joe Biden political operative, Democratic l- political lawyer, and a member of the bar in the great state of. Maryland and the District of Columbia, Dan Lipner Esquire. Hello, Daniel. Hello, Justin. I'm just and glad I could make it. You know, I'm still collecting uh, storage for goods for this national emergency. I'm feeling you? unsafe. Okay. Well, we're going to get to that. Stand by. Uh, joining us from Boca del Vista in the Sunshine State of Florida, he is the retired one-star admiral from your United States Navy, the one we know as Admiral Ken Carradine. Hello, Admiral. Hello from the heart of uh, Martin County, the uh, East Coast sex trade uh, capital of America. Wow. Yeah, well, I was hoping we wouldn't have to touch on that. But We always uh, wondered why you moved down there. Yeah, no kidding. That's right. Day spas. Two words, day spas. <laughs> day spas. Anyway, uh, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, as, we are, uh, as we are recording this episode, there is a lot happening inside Washington, D.C. between right now, in fact, I think he's still talking, uh, former Donald Trump fixer and Cooley Law School alum and attorney for the Trump Organization, Michael Cohen, is still testifying in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee in a closed door session. He's doing the marathon circuit. Tomorrow he will be in what many are calling a marathon session. In, uh, in front of the House Oversight Committee, which now under the Democrats is going to be an interesting public hearing, and then he will go uh, before the um, he will go before the House uh, is it House Intelligence on on so, Thursday. So I was that is correct. Is which one is today? Are we sure they sent it? I thought I thought today's so Senate Intelligence today's Thursday, Senate Thursday's House, House Intelligence. Intelligence, right? Okay, but and both of those are closed door. Anyway, uh, that on top of the fact that the news has been slowly leaking out that it looks like the Mueller report is ready for presentation to Attorney General Bill Barr, and however, they have said that they will not present it until after the president gets back from his trip to Vietnam for the second version. Of the meeting with us with uh, North Korean leader Kim, all inside kinds- U.S. jurisdiction. What's that? Inside U.S. jurisdiction. Yeah, yeah that's true. And he, anyway, there's so much going on. Let, I want to start about what's going on with the uh, Mueller investigation with Cohen, uh, with uh, the different facets to that. Number one, Dan Lipner. Well, I got you here, attorney. Uh, there was a challenge that went before. Uh, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, three panel or three judge panel ruled that Mueller was in his appointment was upheld, that there was a case brought before the D.C. Circuit Court saying that his appointment was unconstitutional. What would make appointing the special counsel unconstitutional? 
Nothing. Thank you. There, there, there there's go. absolutely no basis in law for the claims. Okay. So, I mean, is is this this obviously just another political ploy to try and delegitimize the special counsel's office? I mean, considering the quality of lawyers that Donald Trump has surrounded himself with, um, probably par for the course for the Donald Trump school of lawyering. Uh, so I, I it, it may have been a sincere claim on their part, but there's no basis from any real lawyer to uphold that it's, quote, unconstitutional. It just isn't so. Alan Moore? The argument was that that for somebody with the authority given to Mueller, uh, he should have been nominated by the president and approved by the Senate. That was the argument made. It got shot down to no one's great surprise. But people do. We never know for certain how these things will come out. That was the argument made. Lost. I doubt if it will be appealed. I mean, by now we're going to have the report, uh, or at least kind the, of the attorney point. general will have the uh, have the report. So I noticed some people were saying big victory, like big victory. How's it? A, if, it would have been a huge defeat if the decision had gone the other way, but no one expected that. Yeah, and, yeah. But also, if it, it, just playing that out for a moment, that would suggest that every lawyer, every junior appointment in the executive branch of the government would require direct presidential appointment, which is insane. Yeah. And- I don't know that you'd want to group this in with every junior appointment. This was a big deal appointment. He had a lot of authority, but um, he he was responsible to the attorney the attorney general or his designee, and that's what basically solved the problem. Well, for the court. So one of the 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 presiding judge over the case, uh, who is D.C. Circuit Appellate Court. Uh, Judge Judith Rogers wrote, uh, Special Counsel Mueller effectively serves at the pleasure of an executive branch officer who is appointed with the advice and consent of the Senate uh, answering to the president. So that pretty much covers it there. But moving on from that, though, uh, now that we know that Mueller is legitimate, there is a lot of speculation going around as to uh, the timing of this. Why... Alan Moore, why would why would why is the release of this pending the president's return so important? Well, first of all, let's not talk. Let's not use the word release. Okay, so Mueller is going to to deliver to the attorney general, and the attorney general will make judgments as to what is reported to the public. That's right. an issue that's right. that's playing out. Um, with uh, before we even get to hear from the attorney general, who very carefully during his confirmation hearings said, when asked, will you promise to release it? He said, no, I want to be as transparent as possible uh, I, uh, under, the, under the law and, and procedures inside the Justice Department. And already uh, some folks, some Democrats are saying, we're we're gonna we're gonna subpoena it. We're we're gonna insist. We're gonna subpoena Mueller. Well, maybe before they subpoena Mueller, they might want to invite Mueller and see if he comes. So there's there's a a, a little jockeying and gamesmanship going on. Mueller will deliver to the attorney general. The attorney general is required to give a report to the Congress. The contents to be decided by the attorney general, who well recognizes the interest in the report, the demands for uh, seeing the entire report. 
We'll have to see what happens. But, uh, but, but you don't do it while the president is away. Is, is away, even though it's going first it's going to, the to the attorney general, general right. and it's not going to whatever the attorney general does. We can be pretty darn sure he won't do it that same day or the next day. Admiral Ken, uh, when we when we look at the fact that this is going to Attorney General Bill Barr, the question is. Where does Bill Barr fall on this? This basically is going to have recommendations and the ex- the going expectation, because no one really knows other than the people in the special counsel's office, the going expectation is, is that uh, Mueller himself has pretty much put out indictments on people that lied to him, that lied to his office, that obstructed the investigation, but did everything short about hitting the Trump inner circle. Does it make sense for Mueller, which is kind of the going speculation, that Mueller will say, look, this is what I found. Whether you indict or not is not my job. That's your job, Mr. Attorney General. Give this to a U.S. attorney's office to do. Is that fall in favor for Trump, or is that bad news for Trump? Well... Uh, I guess it kind of depends. So, what does it depend on? So, we've heard we've heard Barr doing his his uh, his uh, confirmation testimony uh, try to defend or defend, depending on who you are, um, his notion that a sitting president can't can't be indicted. Um, we know that uh, while there have been a number of people around the president, uh, General Flynn. Uh, Paul Manafort, uh, who have been found, you know, guilty, you know, by their own admission because they, you know, I guess confessed to um, uh, doing doing things they shouldn't have done, that are that are on the way to jail. So I guess the real question is, um, does the report have anything in it that that would bring Barr to believe that the president's deeds or misdeeds? Uh, rise to a level that must be addressed right then and there, or does it get put on the table until he's no longer president? I, I don't know. I think it really depends. Um, you know, I, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to imagine that that Paul Manafort, as the campaign manager, was doing a number of the, the things that he was doing without the president's knowledge. It's hard for me to imagine that. It's hard for me there to be so much fire around the president and he not walk out of the room smelling like smoke. I, I just – only smelling like smoke. I, I just have a hard time believing that, but I guess we're going to find out. Dan Lipner, you agree? So the, the – there are a bunch of different sides of this. There's whether or not the, the president is pursued in, by, in the judicial branch by – by Mueller or another attorney within the Justice Department, so within that judicial process. Uh, or the other question is whether or not the report is handed over to Congress. And this is actually a surprisingly big question based on the reporting, whether or not it's handed over to Congress and a political process is allowed to go forward. The problem is there is a question as to whether or not Congress has the right to this material, which Rosenstein has has introduced into the conversation. 
arguably he introduced it into the conversation this early to allow the debate to occur. Uh, Rosenstein's not a, a dumb guy by any stretch of the imagination. So my suspicion is he, is, he, he is, actually is floated Rosenstein, the idea in order to have the Hold debate on. publicly. Has Rod Rosenstein done a good job of managing expectations of what the public can expect, or has he mishandled that? I think the public's expectations are different than what Rob Rosenstein's job is. I think he's done a good job of managing the actual expectations internally uh, for both at the political level and the executive level of how the how the special counsel has handled his job and what to expect from the report. How the public deals with things, there's always an iffy question as far as what the public understands as far as the law and prosecution and the entire process. That's not his job as deputy attorney general. His job is to make sure the law is handled correctly and within the both his agency and in exchange with Congress and the rest of the executive branch. On more? So... I don't. Rosenstein's job has been to protect Mueller, give him all the resources, leash that he could, and stay out of the way. He has he has spoken in the last uh, twenty four to forty eight hours along the lines we're talking about here, of simply providing some cover for the for the Justice Department and and the Attorney General to talk about. For example, it it is always been the history of the Justice Department not to release information that might be somewhat damaging to an individual who is not going to be indicted or for whom there's no recommendation of indictment. So, With the exception the, of Hillary Clinton. Well, <laughs> so if, 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 if you remember, um, uh, Rosenstein was not on the scene when that information was out. And... She was, after all, the candidate. So you can talk about, if you want to talk about Comey and Obama and so on, there's plenty to be critical of there. Um, but, no, but, but I was a steward of the, na- the agency. And it, you, focusing on just the individual, the stewardship of the agency is really the key. Well, and, and, and all I'm saying here in this case is that, that there are people that are sort of known focuses of, of this. And there may be some other folks along the way whose names haven't been in the public domain to a significant degree, about whom some questions were raised, and Mueller probably investigated, explored, found some information, decided there wasn't a basis for an indictment. What what I hear Rosenstein saying is, people like that, generally, the department doesn't identify and talk about what 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 our investigation showed if it doesn't lead uh, to, to an indictment. So. And that's just in the last forty-eight hours that he's talked about. And I think I think this is what makes the 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 attorney general's uh, responsibilities challenging, because the Democrats and the media are saying we want to see the report, we want it, and we want to know everything that's in there. And Barr very carefully during his confirmation said. I want to give you as much as I can, but I, I'm not going to promise to just turn it over. We'll see. We're going to know more right. pretty soon about if the if the if Mueller uh, transmitted the report, what what it is that uh, then after a period of time that right. that Barr chooses to share. Uh, Admiral Ken, at the same time that this is all going on, 
we've, as I said at the top of the hour, the ongoing drama of Michael Cohen on the Hill. He's finally arrived on Capitol Hill. It, I mean, almost a fanfare like Caesar returning to Rome from battle. And the media storm around him is... Is Cohen right now, because we've got several sources, including Politico and NBC, saying that uh, Cohen is going to tell Congress of criminal conduct and uh, just overall bad decision-making inside Trump White House. Is is Cohen more dangerous to Trump than Mueller? Well, I, I have to believe that since since... Cohen, since Mueller has had access to Cohen for as long as he has, that there is not any information that uh, Cohen is going to deliver to uh, Senate Intelligence, House Oversight, and House Intelligence that Mueller doesn't already have or hasn't already seen. So to Dan's point, to Dan's point, um, the real question is, will the Mueller report uh, buttressed by whatever Cohen is going to say uh, over the next three days, um, going to allow a political action like an impeachment uh, to go forward or not. So is is Trump in any more trouble? I I don't think that that, that you know I, I don't think he's in any more trouble today than he than he uh, than he will be. But which, which is which, which poses a greater threat to the Trump presidency, Cohen or Mueller? I think Mueller. Cohen, 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 Cohen has Cohen has admittedly has some some um, some issues with the truth. I mean, and, I, I, I mean, at a minimum, he's got some issues with the truth. He got indicted for lying. He got indicted for lying, and so that's going to be you know the the calling card of all the Republicans in the House and the Senate in, in, these, in these next three hearings. <laughs> that said, that said, the one person, the one person. Who who you know who's going to issue a report that does not have an issue with with the truth, and who's going to be going to going to put forward a report? Some of which we will see. I doubt we'll see all of it. Is going to be uh, substantiated by by some pretty hard facts. That's going to be Mueller. Yeah, but Alan, so, Alan Ken, Ken brings up a good point. This is a guy that has been convicted of lying to Congress. He's going in front of Congress. Why does Congress buy what he's saying now? Well, it it knows a lot more now than it did then, uh, generally in in the fact situation, and it knows that this guy has said, "I lied, I made mistakes." Here's the 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 real truth. This stuff happens all but the time. But how does time. he how does he this, keep credibility? You bring paper. You 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 you, you show documents. And and you make yourself credible. It's not just because you lied once you will never speak the truth. There's a question about whether you're being truthful, but that's what that's what juries decide and judges decide. And in this case, you know, and the American people and the and, and the members of Congress. But I'm going to remind you of one thing when we talk about who's the greatest risk. Mueller's charge was to look at Russian involvement and possible collusion. Now, along the way, some other stuff popped up, some of which they pursued, particularly in the case of Paul Manafort, for example, some of which they set up. A lot of the Cohen stuff is not in Mueller. It's in the Southern District of New York, which means if they are pursuing Cohen stuff about about activities inside the Trump organization and so on, that may not be Mueller. 
that was triggered by Mueller's uh, referral up to New York, but it but the Southern District may be the thanks to Cohen and others may be the bigger threat to Trump. I wanted to say one other thing because because it was suggested that how could the president not know what Paul Manafort was up to? Well, most of Manafort's sins predated his role with uh, with the president and. And it all had to do with with high, concealing income, um, not paying his taxes, and and not uh, reporting honestly that he was working for the Ukrainians. Some of the work once he was working for the president um, had to do with trying to figure out how to maneuver and manipulate the Ukrainians to give him money that he felt they owed them. So. I would actually be very surprised if the president knew anything uh, uh, about that stuff. Now there were there there were some interactions with the Russians. The famous meeting, right. the famous June meeting, the Trump that, Tower meeting, that, right? That 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 the Trump Jr. and Kushner and Manafort were were present for. But 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 most of the 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 big trouble for Manafort is 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 tax evasion to the tune of millions of dollars, bank fraud, um, and yep. and this a- fail, a- failure a- register. A- 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 Alan's, Alan's overstated that ever so slightly. The correct statement is what he has been prosecuted for thus far is true, is the the tax fraud, uh, all those issues. That, that you are correct, but that is what he has been prosecuted for thus far. The question of his plea agreement and where he violated his plea agreement, arguably sharing information with the White House, somewhat unclear there. There is the additional question. So Mueller may have chosen strategically to go after the low-hanging fruit, the most easily provable item as a point of leverage. The things that actually there's documentation on, the tax fraud and the bank fraud, to go after him there as a point of leverage for everything else to get Mueller to but, flip, but, but, but which he actually thing, had but, flipped, but, and then Mueller, no, no, but, but and, and then Manafort, uh, then <laughs> then violated the. No, his no, own but, but here, here's the thing: is when, when talking about Cohen, I mean Manafort, Manafort is going away for a long time, no question. Uh, Unless and, Putin gets to him first. <laughs> As far as Cohen's concerned, right now you Cohen has got the the golden ticket as far as being able to help himself more than anybody else out there. Uh, if he, what to me it seems like there is a selfish motivation coming back to the same body that you lied to, unless he brings a crap ton of evidence to support him. How does he gain the confidence of the Office of Congressional Investigations and House Oversight to take action based on what Cohen says? When you tell somebody where the bodies are buried and they start digging and find the body, that's a quick way of establishing credibility. Does he? Ha- Do you think he knows enough well, where so- the bodies are? 
I believe he does. It's 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 been the legacy of what he's done for Donald Trump since the beginning. Uh, arguably, he wasn't practicing law. Actually, not even arguably. It's now been a finding of a court. He wasn't practicing law for Donald Trump. He was a fixer in everything but law. It- so, uh, there. So the question is, what came out of all of Cohen's files? We still don't know that. It's been it's been under seal. Somebody went through that, and if if Cohen's only client was Donald Trump and maybe Sean Hannity for fifteen seconds, there's plenty there to go Al- through. So the only you. question is, what happened to that material, and where it's going to go next? Al- Alan, I got to tell you something. The way that Dan put that to me, it sounds like Cohen could be the bigger threat. To Trump right now. That's my view. Yeah. That, that Cohen, that, that the stuff's in the Southern District. Yeah. He knows where somebody's are. Nobody knows where all of them are, um, except maybe for the president. We're assuming there's bodies. It's pretty hard when you see all the blood not to assume there's some bodies somewhere. And By the way, we are not few... insinuating that the that the president or anybody in the circle has committed anything resembling a homicide. Thank you. But I'm not putting it past him. No, no, no. Thank Ro- you yeah, Rob, the engineer, is about two seconds away from just censoring Eight-second delay on everybody. Considering so. all Thank the mafia me- references meta- this, this president uses. <laughs> True. <laughs> Thank you for giving us some metaphorical license here <laughs> yeah, to, there you to, go. To, to talk. But I, think, <laughs> but I think Dan's point was highly relevant. There, there are things that don't have anything to do with Russia, I'm, but that, that may have been violations of the law that Donald Trump was involved in that Cohen that Michael Cohen knows about. Now, he has shared that stuff more up in the Southern District than than with Mueller because they're the ones that are looking at the Trump organization. Um, and, and, and the Southern District it, is going without restriction. Yes. That is simply in a, a, is that, a, is, is, a U.S. Should attorney be a red flag for, should doing be a red flag their to the job White House? as they see fit. Should that be a red flag to the White House? Hell yes. It's, <laughs> that that red flag has been waving for many months. It's, it's right. a hurricane flag waving. The, the, <laughs> okay. That being said, um, and by the way, uh, Roger Stone, Judge, you know what? I love Judge Amy Jackson. Uh, Judge Amy Jackson basically showed compassion at the same way of putting a big proverbial judicial boot up Roger Stone's rear end when he posted that tweet about her in the crosshairs. I, I just I'm a huge fan. I, I, I don't think she would go after his rear end. She'd, she'd have to see that tattoo of Nixon on his back. Oh, did you have to go there? It's true. I know. You're, but, wait, I, you're getting on him for going there? You're the one who talked about up his backside. I, I, putting a boot up someone's rear end? My God. That is a that is I'm a metaphor. entire conversation kind of cheesy. I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> We're not going to talk about your tattoos, Ken. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't want to hear about that. Anyway, Rob, Rob, the engineer, is about to, is about to really, literally strangle us. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, presidents overseas... That's a good idea. We'll be back with the best political talk show you never heard of, Backroom Politics, live from Podcast Village. Stay with us. I'll soon be giving my body up to the ocean. That's the way I feel today.
from Washington, D.C. This is Backroom Politics with moderator Justin Russell. And we're back here in Studio A here at Podcast Village at uh, in the upper part of Georgetown in Washington, D.C., your nation's capital. In studio with me, you got Dan Lipner, Alan Moore from Boca del Vista, Admiral Ken Carradine, who looks very comfortable. And behind the glass, we've got uh, Rob the Engineer and our producer somewhere out there in an undisclosed location, Audrey Howerton. Hey, uh, you know, in case you didn't notice, President Trump has left the country. He took a very long, grueling type flight over to uh, Vietnam, where he is meeting with the head of North Korea, Kim Jong-un. Uh, Leader Kim has uh, been in quite rare form lately, and then, of course, is President Trump. A lot of eyes on this, a lot of questions coming up with this. The, The big question I've got is, Admiral Ken, when we look at this summit, basically, if you listen to what's coming out of the White House, this is just a follow on to a hugely successful first meeting with Kim. Uh, they are literally pumping this as this is going to make the North Koreans one of the big economic powerhouses in the region. Um, where are they getting their dope that they're smoking? Because I don't see it. What am I missing? Well, since they are federal employees, my hope is that wherever they're getting it, it's the strain that uh, doesn't show up in a drug screen. That's assuming that they get random drug screens. And you know so, a lot about know. this. Uh, no, yeah, I do. Uh, I do because I commanded Sealer. So, and, yeah, I anyway, know a lot about this. <laughs> keep going. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole. Let's go. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, n- nothing, nothing that, you know, no, none of this is, is based, in, based in, in any kind of fact. Only, the only fact at play here is that the president is meeting with Kim Jong-un yet again. That is the only fact that comes out of it. There's no denuclearization effort underway. Um, we gave up quite a bit uh, without getting anything in return. Um, they, they say nice things to each other, even about each other. But to what end? I mean, honestly, you know, yeah. So I think I, think I heard one of the, uh, one of the pundits on, on one of the net, big networks talk about the fact that the one good thing about this, that the president – uh, about the president's actions is that the the North Koreans are no longer firing off missiles. Well, you know what? We're not testing nuclear warheads anymore because you know what? We know how to build them now. There's no reason to do it. And so I I think quite frankly this is just you know one more uh, episode of distract them, distract them, distract them. And I think if the president makes a big enough mess, uh, a big enough splash that is in North Korea. Uh, I think he's hoping that it will take away from whatever um, uh, Mr. Cohen's going to do over the next two days. Alan Moore, we did the, the possibility of calling the last Trump Kim meeting successful uh, is arguable. The calling this a follow-on is there an expectation that we're going to see something solid come out of this? A a deal where they will reduce their capabilities in North Korea, that a deal where we might have some benefit come out of it? Because I, I don't know what the benefit would be. 
Well, as you as you recall, we have debated around this table whether we got anything at all uh, the last time, and and a debate over how much we gave up. And I was, I think, in the minority that said that that it was beneficial for America for them to stop testing the the ballistic technology and the uh, and the nuclear technology. I take I take uh, the admiral's point that you don't have to keep testing if you know your stuff works. We know they've learned a lot, and we know they have some stuff that works to some degree. I don't think they're all the way there, and what they what we what 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 we don't think they have yet is the ability to marry, uh, to link together in in a working way um, the uh, the nuclear technology with the uh, ballistic missile technology, but. Um, it, it, that so I think it was of some benefit for them to 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 stop testing uh, either one of those. We disagree about how much the U.S. gave up uh, for all of that. Um, looking forward, though, we still really would like a, a, a firm commitment and ideally a timetable on. Uh, in the direction of denuclearization. Okay, now the president, of course, was claiming after the last one, we're safe now. He just grotesquely exaggerated what was done, and that makes it hard for people trying to sort out what was and wasn't done. Um, what, the, what the North Koreans are most interested in, A, is, is, an, is an actual end to hostilities from the Korean War. Most Americans say, wait, what? That still matters, but it, it, it's symbolic. The bigger issue for the North Koreans is the lifting of the sanctions that contribute to the crippling of the North Korean economy. And it's going to be really interesting for, the, for, for, uh, for Kim to now be in North Vietnam, which 20 years ago had an economy that wasn't that much better off than North Korea's, and now it's part of this economic boom of the region – and what the president will be trying to say to Kim is, this could be you guys. This could be you guys. There's a variety of problems. The president doesn't even have the ability to lift all the all the, <laughs> all, the all the economic sanctions. You're that, giving him a lot of power in this. That, no, no, that are written into law that the president, unless he has all these new executive powers that he's seeking for. There's an emergency, could, you know. He, could, he, could, he'll could, claim he yeah, This could be another emergency <laughs> that that an emergency to 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 give them more than the law allows. So, do I think that the that that the that the North Koreans are prepared at this point to make major commitments in terms of 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 a of a, of a timetable, um, even a commitment without a timetable but, to true is, denuclearization. Is problem, I don't. But that. But but that, that. But is the bigger problem the fact that this that this is now the second time that tr- that Trump has given the world stage to Kim, and this just continues to legitimize his tyrannical, humaneless actions as a, a, a dictatorial ruler in North Korea? Well, so we, we, we've had the argument over how, how much it, quote, legitimizes him to sit down with the president. It, there was a time when sitting down with the U.S. president was a really, really big deal. Until uh, Trump, that, almost that, three that, years ago, that, yeah, that, I was time, say, that was a big deal. The, the value of that <laughs> has, has the value has diminished. There's been this devaluation uh, in in the world because of uh, what this president has done to undermine his own uh, credibility internationally. Um, uh, but but uh, 
so I don't, you know, I don't, again, I know there's other views that, oh my God, we've given him, we've given him this platform. We've, we've elevated him. Well, to, to what end? What he wants is to, is to be treated. He wants to be seen as an equal. He wants to be treated by the world, A, as, as, as a, a legitimate equal, but more to the point, to what end? Their economy is in the toilet. It has been and continues to be in the toilet. And what little they have, they focus on on this but, weaponry that they see. Yeah, but Alan, as you're the talking answer. about you're, you're talking about people. Do other bad guys right. around the world? And, and on top of the fact, you're the Israelis, talking, for example, have, have some beefs where uh, where Korean weaponry ends up. No, but hold on. Even worse than that, you're, you're, you, we keep talking about their economies in the toilet. You're talking about a population that doesn't know. That their economy is in the toilet. If you ask the average uh, North the last Korean, famine that hit North Korea, which was in living memory, we're talking within, I believe, the last 10, 15 but years. But they don't know. But they what I'm know they're is, hungry. They're, they, they may know, know they're that. hungry, but they might. They, for all they know, they know that the rest we, of the world is going through the same thing. We don't know all that they know. I mean, they, they don't. They don't just walk in and pick up their their phone and and go on the internet. But there's enormous other sources of information now but that that. You, that that get to them, so um, the, they know they 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 know more than nothing, and but barely. But the but but their leaders know that um, that they are they lag the rest of the world in virtually everything. Admiral Ken, the, their leaders should also know that they have chosen a person in the form of the current president of the United States that is not held in very high esteem by a great many of the world's uh, major power leaders. And if they are hoping that this guy, uh, by uh, giving them his recognition, is going to be the, you know, the, the gateway into the, le- the, the, uh, the community of nations, I've got to believe there's something else that they don't know in North Korea, that that is not the way in. As yeah. evidenced by, Angela, by evidence by Angela Merkel just a few weeks ago, and the president of France, you know, a few weeks before that. Okay, D- Dan Lipner. So let me go on the record first by saying that I actually agree with Alan. The definition of insanity was doing the same thing over and over and over again and somehow expecting a different result. So the idea of not sitting down and talking to the North Koreans was insane because it simply was not working. And I, I actually had the uh, the honor of actually seeing uh, former Secretary of State James Baker speaking at the Henry Kissinger Institute, who was just exasperated at the idea that people wouldn't talk to their enemies. Of course, that's who you need to talk to. That said, the talking to your enemies and then coming out with just nonsense, as this president has done consistently, suggesting that that, that there's no more nuclear threat from North Korea. Well, part of the reason they're not testing is a, a phrase that I'd never heard before, the tired mountain syndrome. The, their nuclear test facility was apparently broken and started leaking, so they needed a new one to start testing. I don't know the geography of North Korea well enough to know whether or not there are other facilities, but I'm going to guess this is something you don't necessarily want in your backyard. So I'm going to assume it takes some time to set up a new testing facility to test your, your nuclear weapons. Which they're not supposed to be doing under the current agreement that we apparently got during tr- uh, trump 
Kim ha, 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 1.0. What what agreement? Has There's, anyone actually seen this? Exactly. The Secretary of State hasn't exactly. seen this. Congress hasn't seen this. Exactly. Nothing Nobody been ratified. Knows. Nobody knows in the administration. Well, and the and the president dumbed down the expectations. He did two weird things in the last week. He, he only warned, two. Well, <laughs> re- relating relating to North Korea. Because in in his in his rambling statement in which he declared an, a, a national emergency on the border, he also talked about his how how successful so far his strategy in dealing with the with the North Koreans have been. He said, "I got into a name calling with them. I I said I got a bigger button than you've got, and and called him names." And, it and got, now they love each other. And it got his attention, and then we were able to have a meeting. And now we we have enormous affection for each other, and we send letters. And you, these are beautiful letters. It's like, wait, so he's <laughs> telling us that strategy. He's basically, and, he's basically and, admitting he's got a pen pal. And then yesterday, but he's trying to take credit for acting acting crazy and then getting something for it. And there's an article in Washington Post today that expands on that whole subject and talks about some other areas, whether it's NATO but, and so on, he, which, he, which, is, which, 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 is, which is interesting because it says that he does have some awareness that by acting a little crazy is is a tactic. Yeah. Now, but I, I'm not saying that's supposed to We're make you... We're not condoning that. I'm not saying that that's supposed to make you feel comfortable, but it's probably a little but better he, but that, here's that the he's conflict. acting crazy rather than being crazy. But here's but, the but conflict. No, but it's also the acting oh. crazy and what he deems as a quality response. I mean, the, the, the president's definition but, of commitment alone is if he's from a man wait, 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 marriage wait, wait. Hold, hold that on. he no, understands no. what commitment hold is. Hold on. <laughs> Without going down that road, Dan, you're talking about a guy that, you know, going to Admiral Ken's point, we've basically ticked off every one of our allies in Europe, but you've got Moon in South Korea who is singing the praises of Trump. Uh, in the region, it sounds like to me, going off of, you know, just the public spin that we're hearing from those two, Trump's not so bad and is doing good stuff and even got Abi, you know, Trump even got Abi to nominate him for the uh, Nobel Peace Prize. I, I think you might be overstating uh, Shinzo Abi. Uh, he nominated him for the Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> Wait a second. Are, 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 you, are, are you suggesting that somebody doing something to flatter this president could not possibly doing, be doing it for their own self interest? Huh. Never, no. <laughs> never. It's true love and unquestioned respect. Again, Alan, he nominated him for the Nobel Peace Prize. Big. That's such an honor. So first of all, I know he. he I know I, I, he that was sarcasm. He, he, is that was sarcasm. he has apparently said he is, but it, it, but we won't know for sure until fifty years when he, they he, when he, they release this information. And why does Trump want a Nobel Peace Prize? <laughs> Because it's Trump? Because no, Obama has because one. Because yeah. Obama, Obama has, has one. one. And, and, because Obama has and, one. Thank and, you. And, and even Al Gore sort of has one. What although, do you mean sort of? Oh, he has one. We it's can like argue about pregnant. who actually got it, okay? But he 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 participated in it. It wasn't just Al Gore who got it. I know, it, it was, wasn't just Al Gore, but it was, he, it was he a movement. Up, he, okay. he, he showed up in the Oval Office with George W. Bush for the Nobel ceremony with the president. Yeah, so. That's true. That is true. <laughs> and what must have been one of the most awkward meetings ever. That, that too is true. What, so what what can the American public expect? Coming out of this meeting in Vietnam, if anything, Alan Warhol, you go first. It'll be mush, I think. It'll be as opposed to the first round of mush. 
Yeah, it'll it'll be a new version <laughs> of, of mush. Um, it, it it conceivably conceivably could have a roadmap without without any dates on what the w- with regard to nuclear weaponry, what the North Koreans are <clears throat> thinking about and working towards, and what the U.S. is thinking about and working towards with regard to sanctions. The problem with sanctions is not just about nuclear. The, the, the law that ties the president's hands here is all about human rights. And so even if, even if major concessions on, on nuclear weaponry were to be made, which I don't expect, the president still couldn't release or, or make the kinds of meaningful sanctions relief that would make the difference because U.S. companies are not allowed to invest in North Korea because of the human rights stuff. Um, just a little, just a little side problem that that uh, that is uh, accompanies all the rest of these problems. But I, I don't. I have very low expectations. Uh, but we'll hear a lot of high talk from the president. I'll be more interested in what the South Koreans have to say, what uh, what the Japanese have to say. They, they're the the high stakes players, and maybe the Chinese will have something. The the the, the you know the, we've got we've got all this trade stuff with the Chinese right now, and their leaders coming in a few weeks to have another Mar-a-Lago visit. Um, but <laughs> but but uh, uh, I. I I I'm glad we're talking, okay? Yeah. And I hate the exaggerated claims for how great everything has become, how great the relationship is, uh, and how much progress we're making. And it and it and it and it got my attention when yesterday on the on the eve of leaving, the president said, "Look, what am I hoping for? No testing." So he's he's basically he's telling afraid he'll fail the testing. Telling the the North Koreans um, <laughs> this, whatever right. else I need this. Rather, and, it's it's sort of a talk about a major tell for the great negotiator. Right. Admiral Ken, personal question: Does it does the irony fall on you, or does it bother you seeing Trump fly in on US one to Vietnam, a war that he Air Force one or Air Force one rather that does should does anybody see the irony in that, or am I the only one overreading it? Oh no, um, you're, you're not. And and I I would say the Twitter sphere, at least the part of it that uh, I'm exposed to, has been rife with uh, comedic uh, content about that subject. On a personal level, but, but on a serious me? on a serious level, is it but something that know. we should oh, hold on? On a on no, a personal level, is it something we should take notice of? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I, you know, so the, the list of things that President Trump has done and said that bother me personally, I mean, personally, that I take a front to, that list, you know, grows almost on a weekly basis. Uh, is this the top of the list? No, uh, but it's on the list. And I think that um, um, the, the gentleman that worked for President Obama, one of his advisors, uh, David Axelrod, you know, said it best. You know, uh, here. You know, finally, 50 years later, he's he's going to Vietnam in service of his country. I thought that was you know comedic, but right on target. Well, his bone spurs may have been acting up as he walked down the stairs of Air Force One. Uh, so, uh, the, you wow, know, the that president, was a really bad joke. You know that. How do you know it's not true? But, but to answer to answer <laughs> the question that you that you put that that you put to Alan about you know what 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 
if anything, do I expect out of this week's meeting? Uh, I'm going to use a term, Justin, that I, I, uh, I credit to you. You taught me this. Two words, jazz hands. Yeah. Uh, I don't disagree with you. I, I expect the president to come at the end of the summit to announce that he has invented kimchi. Wow, you are not hitting on all eight today. I got to tell you something. It's a lack of sleep being a new father. Usually you're better than this. Your humor's a little, no, not, not seeing it. Uh, Alan Moore, are we, are we almost putting too much expectation on Trump bringing back results from Hanoi? <laughs> I wouldn't say this group's putting a lot of high ex, too much expectation. We're, right, let me rephrase. We're, we're let not me expecting rephrase. much. I don't think. I don't think most people are are expecting much. That doesn't mean we can't be hopeful for some kind of a miracle. But that's what it would take. But but they're talking, and we'll see what happens. We've got even there's even differences of opinion inside the the White House. What a shock uh, among the advisors. Um, and 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 Pompeo is involved in this stuff. He's got a guy named Steve Began, who's his personal rep. Um, John Bolton, this national security advisor, disagrees with some of the Pompeo and and and, and Began activities. This is all sort of behind the scenes challenges. Um, the 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 good news of that is normally if you got briefing books, it would sh- it would reflect all these differences of opinion and it would be very complicated for the reader. Yeah. But this president doesn't read briefing <laughs> books, yeah. so he doesn't need to be confused. You mean um, the, 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 by, I, I by think those you stopped? You mean before the, you got the briefing books? Right. right. <laughs> you're, you're talking about the presidential coloring book that he gets every morning from Langley. Uh, I, I did want to say one word about you know the the, the criticism of him uh, you know finally going to Vietnam and and interestingly coming coming from um, from an Obama advisor. I don't believe that President Obama ever made it to Vietnam. I think George W. Bush went once about six years into his presidency. Um, now Obama. Uh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa! I'm going to uh, stand up. Wait, whoa, whoa! Hold on, hold on, hold, hold the phone. I here. could number be wrong. One, number one, George W. Bush served in uniform. He he served. I don't care if anybody who he, gives. He, he admirably defended Alabama no, from the no, communists. No, 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 no. I'm not I'm going to allow you. I'm not going to allow you to sit there and degrade the Air National Guard, the National Guard, and the reserves. I didn't degrade anything. As a reserve. No, you didn't. Dan was about to. Dan was about to, and I'm stopping that right now. What I will yeah. say is, though, is that George W. Bush took time and served his country in uniform as a reservist, as a National Guard member, that is that is still more than ninety eight percent of the total Americans in this country that don't serve a day. So Dan, leave W Dan, out of this. And now. Dan, and, I'm sorry. And Dan, in the time that George W. Bush was flying airplanes, flying tactical jet aircraft was an extremely dangerous thing to yeah. do. He took no, no, his life yeah. no, no, and to be to be clear, I, I, I will give George W. Bush significantly more credit than I will ever give Donald Trump's uh, bone spurs. But but there there there, there is still a story to be had there as far as who else was in this particular deployment of the Air National Guard and how he got in there. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not going to allow that. No, and, gonna, and I, anyway, I, we were talking about presidents President going Trump. to presidents going to Vietnam, right? But and, 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 I not, was just, and, and knocking Obama. In I the process. was just remind. No, I'm just reminding with some facts that it's not every president who races over to Vietnam. Um, it's not the safest place to go. We've we've got this history. Um, that's all. It's yeah. it's it's. I, 
I, I my only comment is I think I think that the the irony here with regard to Trump going is he had a shot to go before, and he did what he could to get out of going. And that's what we're talking about. I do have a feeling that if he had served in the military, it's highly unlikely that he would have been in combat in Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a hunch. Uh, he would have, he would have don't been, know he, that. I, I, no, no. Oh, it, come on. No, it's true. I don't know that. I don't know that. You just don't a, know that. Just a hunch. I, I, yeah. I, I'm quite certain he will. He would stand far behind his fellow soldiers had he served. Oh, good he, God. He'd have been behind them every step of the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Admiral Ken with the, the with the ripe joke. All right. Uh, the is what is the best we can expect coming out of this, Alan? And just taking a swipe. Nothing grotesquely embarrassing. Okay, Dan, you agree? Uh, the president doesn't buy a wife while he's in Vietnam. Oh, good lord, Admiral Ken. I got to come in behind that, really? No. Well, you, you you are in Florida, base spot capital of the world. <laughs> He'll go to a massage parlor. No. Oh, <laughs> You're so we are so done with our sponsor. Uh, okay. That being said, we're gonna let that one slide. Wait, we're sponsored by day spas? No, we're not sponsored by day spas. <laughs> You know, you laugh it up in there, Chuckles. I see you laughing in there. I, la- I see you laughing in the cage, Chuckles. On behalf of, on behalf of, on the, you know where to go with that. On behalf of Admiral Ken down there in Boca Vista, Dan Littner, Alan Ward here in the studio. Reluctantly, I am your moderator, Justin Russell. We'll be back for another edition of the best political talk show you never heard of. Uh, special thanks to uh, Charlie and Oscar here at Podcast Village. Uh, Audrey Arrington, our producer, we love you, we miss you. And uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Backroom Politic. You can follow us on our website where you can download all of our historical data, backroompolitics.org, or you can download us as a podcast every week at any of your major podcast services, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Yeah, we're big time now. Have a great week, America. We'll see you next time. Away.